Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 57, and I'm taking a leaf out of John's book from last week, and I want to say number seven, I want to say hello to all the Kevins out there. I'm talking Costner, I'm talking Bacon, mm-hmm. I'm talking former Prime Minister Rudd, mm. and I'm talking bloody Wilson. <laughs> Some good ones. <laughs> Some Kevin bloody Wilson. I hadn't thought about him in a while. <laughs> and I also want to give a little shout out to my friend Kevin O'Brien, who's a listener to the show, mm. all the way in Ireland. I, I th- want to say hello to Kevin O'Brien in Ireland. Is he the one who, is he the friend of yours who I sent you a TikTok of because he came up on my TikTok feed? Yeah, that's right. That's that was him. good. I like TikTok liked his, star, liked TikTok little... star Kevin O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Kevin Blow Wilson, Kevin O'Brien. And I want to just set this space with peace and presence and healthy boundaries. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of that? Uh, sure, I'm on board with that. I was watching another spirit YouTube video mm-hmm. and the person introed the guided hypnosis with that, which I thought was, I thought the boundaries bit was kind of odd, but he, that's Healthy what he said. boundaries. Yeah, it was our old mate, um, Jeffrey, what's his face? Oh yeah. The Jeffrey, gu- Jeffrey, Jeffrey energy worker. Bet the body's inside the spirit, man. Yeah. Mm. Jeffrey said... Okay, so mm. I just, before we start this meditation, I just want to set this space with peace and presence and healthy boundaries. <laughs> when he said healthy boundaries, I just thought, what boundaries do I would need to be setting before yeah. my meditation? What's going on? What <laughs> meditations have you been involved in where you need to set healthy boundaries yeah. before the meditation Well, starts? that's the thing. It's, kind, it's slightly... In- it's slightly incriminating because you think, well, I didn't feel as though my boundaries would be even in question here, but now I do. Yeah. It's like if you went to the GP and he said, I just want you to know that I am setting this <laughs> setting this space with healthy boundaries and you kind of, I'd rather that go without saying. <laughs> have, you been, have you been asked to say that by some sort of board? <laughs> Um, I wanted to start off this week's episode with a very special announcement. Oh, yeah. Exciting. I have been getting back into onions. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So. Almost fell off my seat. (laughs) So. I used to eat tons of onions. I loved them. And then I stopped eating them. <laughs> I, stopped, I stopped eating them for a little while. And I'll tell you why. It's because they used to be part of my weekly shop. Every week that I would go, I had to have a little basket in my house. <laughs> Always had onions in them. Yeah. And then I just had a I just had a few bad experiences where I was getting like pretty average onions. Like I'd cut them open and they'd be a bit brown or soft or flavorless. Yeah. That's the, just thought, it, that's the AU for you, mate. And I, <laughs> and I just And I just thought, oh, what's the what's a what's a 
point. And I mean, admittedly, <laughs> you're going to find this hard to believe, but admittedly, I was buying the cheapest onion you could get. I was getting. <laughs> I was, I was getting your thousand onions for a euro sack. <laughs> down there. That's some, that's some like makeshift stall and a disused part of the Berlin Wall. <laughs> and um, yeah, I was getting the cheapest onions you could get. Uh, you could, I think I might have been getting conflict onions. They were so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> But then I was at the supermarket last week, and there was just they were they were on the shit. It was sweet, a little bag of four sweet onions, mm-hmm. and it was I don't know maybe a euro. For, it wasn't it wasn't cheap. Yeah, but I thought I'll give them a go again, and yeah. I brought them home four sweet white onions, and I chopped them up, and I added them to whatever meal that I had, and I got that onion flavour coming through that mm. I missed for so long, like an old friend coming back to me. And I thought, I can't believe I've gone so long without onions. And then as soon as I'd finished the last one, I went straight back down to the supermarket <laughs> and I said, shopkeep, which is the onion aisle? And they just shook their head and, shook their head and walked away. And I found it myself. You went down to onion veldt. But yourself, <laughs> but you know what? It remind it did remind me of something. Onions still to this day remind me mm-hmm. of Hungry Jacks, mm. or if you're outside of Australia, Burger King mm-hmm. Whoppers, and that's because I had this experience that I've had with several foods and growing up, and that is foods as a kid that I did not like mm. as. Uh, Alone, they were too confronting. There was like if some if Mum had said, "Here's an onion," yeah, or even if she even if she'd put it with a food that wasn't fast food, I would have said, "Look, I'm a fussy eater. I'm not going near that." Yeah, okay. I loved trash food so much that when they bring me home a big whopper with cheese, yeah, I just wouldn't even pay attention to the fact that it had onion on it, and I just put it away. And I had such good memories of a whopper with cheese that any time now. Mm. That I have onion. Yeah. It reminds me of a big old whopper with cheese and gives me a big smile. Right? And it made, yeah. And it made, I was going to ask you, it made me think of two other foods that this has happened with. Yeah. <laughs> the second one, the second one was also delivered to me through whopper, mm-hmm. and that's tomato. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really like tomato as a kid. I found the flavor a bit odd, but I used to just love it in a big whopper with cheese. Ah. And, and the last one is olives. Oh, olives. Yeah. Yeah. What? So olives, naturally, I was having them on pizzas when I was a kid. I didn't even know what they were. I just thought, ah, what are these weird little rubbery brown, these little black eyelets mm. that are just, they look like the thing that I put my shoelace through on my school <laughs> shoe and they were salty and weird, but I don't care because they're coming on. To me on a delicious margarita style pizza. Mm. I'm having them with I'm having them with pepperoni. I'm having them with sausage. I'm having That's them good. with cheese. And I didn't care. That's good mothering uh, on Marie's part. She she made sure you got your veggies in a suitable vehicle that was marketed yeah, to you to be a fun food. As a kid I used to kick and scream. So I was the only two foods that I would eat for dinner 
would be pizza and whoppers. Yeah. Was my growing up was what I was fed mm-hmm. exclusively. <laughs> I turned out just fine. But I was yeah. going to ask you, do you, did you have any, because um, it, it, again, to this day when I eat olives, mm. I have a big smile. It makes me remember Leo's Pizza on Prospect oh. Road, which is still, still there. there. Yeah, I was going to say it. Probably is. Shout out to Leo's Pizza. All the Prospect heads, <laughs> all the Prospect Dome praisers going to know Leo's Pizza so much. Yeah. They love that Leo's Pizza. So, yeah, it reminds me of playing a few games of Double Dragon mm. on the arcade machine, waiting for my Leo's pizza, and I'd say, Mum, what are these weird, salty little brown ringlets? <laughs> and, she'd, don't, and she'd say- Don't worry about it. Just eat it. Don't worry about it. Just eat them. Mm. Do you have any foods that you- Yeah, just foods that- Like any foods like that, that when you were growing up- Yeah. You would eat on fast food, and maybe that was the only time you'd eat them, or- mm-hmm. Can you? What comes to mind that were foods that you avoided as boy mm, that, that as now man, like. yeah, you love? Yeah, good question. Uh, good questions. I the main. I mean, I was I was pretty tightly controlled with regards to fast food when I was a kid. So most of my is that right? Most of my eating yeah. of fast food as an adult is my, is kind of revenge for the for the. <laughs> Was, is kind of exercising my adult freedom by gorging on unhealthy foods. But did Peter and Peter and Celia said no, no, no? You can't have. I can't really happy meals. I mean, I every also had like quite a weak stomach, so I was not very adventurous. We've talked previously on the show about my tendency to to barf in weird circumstances. That's what they said. Yeah, they said we we said we said. God bless us with a real barfy little boy. We can't, <laughs> we can't have you we can't. barfing in the McDonald's playground again. So that's we can't be filling you up with triggering foods, fatty, <laughs> exactly triggering foods that are brightly coloured. <laughs> we can't have that shooting all over the house. <laughs> but we did get Friday nights. Often we'd get fish and chips ah. as a little as a little treat, and have a little family night on a Friday night. Quite often we would go down to the video store and sometimes we'd get one for me and Tom and then one for like the family. The family movie was often, I remember watching a lot of Bond films and uh, because they were just kind of trashy fun and the taste of fish and chips with vinegar on it is particularly nostalgic for me, you know, having like the salt salt and vinegar taste of the chips and maybe getting a... Uh, potato cake in there, a bit of flake. But wow. the, the taste of a pickle is a bit similar to what you're describing for me because I didn't okay. really – it was a little kind of burst of sweetness in the middle of the burger and it took me a long time before I knew what that was or like had seen pickles in a different context. And I still, when I have them on a sandwich now, I think there's some part of me that go, goes back to that experience of eating like a – cheeseburger with a bit of pickle on it yeah uh, a bit of sweet sweet pickle it's funny you mention that one because definitely my first my first experience with pickles was mcdonald's cheeseburgers mm. Mm. and so now again when i eat pickles it just i feel like i'm eating cheeseburgers yeah i can't break can't break that connection yeah yeah i'm the same if i have anything with like cheese and pickles or that kind of you know combination of a kind of mayonnaise and a ketchup uh, taste that's very reminiscent of 
the sort of McDonald's special sauce. Yeah. And whenever I eat a foot-long sub, I think of Subway. (laughs) (laughs) That was the first time I had a foot of bread. Whenever anybody... (laughs) Fills a, fills a baguette with meatballs and cheese. <laughs> yeah, you know. exactly. This reminds me of going to Subway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that you're back on the onion train. They're good. Yeah. They're a quality vegetable, or I'm not sure if they count as a vegetable because I feel like every time I say that's my favourite vegetable or do you like this vegetable? Somebody points out to me that it's a fruit or some other bullshit. So okay. uh, don't tell me if that's the case, please, anyone. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I like the humble the humble onion. You know what I was – I just – I just <laughs> you know what I remembered? I I, 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 There's one thing I meant to do, which I didn't do because I was <laughs> – I was going to do that announcement and then I was going to have like onion facts that I was going <laughs> to throw at you. You should, you could do a little breakout thing where you, like maybe a sort of, you know, the way we did that, uh, the apology, and then you could just read out a bunch of onion facts. I will. I'll throw that in here. I'm going to, before John does his bit, <laughs> and I would like to offer everybody out there some onion facts. So here those are. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna do them in post. So if you don't hear John reacting to them, it's because I've done them all in post. Yeah. And then we're gonna come we back. Just, I'll just do a reaction now. Whoa! <laughs> and then you can put that in. Yeah. Can you do? Actually, can I get you to do a series, few reactions? Series now? of reactions. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna give them to you. Okay. So the first one is, can you say, "Is that right? Is that right?" And then go, "Hmm." You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, you don't say. Then, then say, what, onions? What, onions? And then I feel like I'd be quite, more. quite good at just doing shitty radio ads. I respond well to, dire- <laughs> to direction. You do, actually. This is exactly how... Uh, radio advertisement cast, uh, directing goes. Mm. It's just, can you make it a, can you be more surprised? Can you be more su- <laughs> more surprised about the kind of value you're getting at the supermarket? <laughs> <laughs> and then can you say, well, well, I never knew that about onions. Wow. Well, I never knew that about onions. And then go, hmm, hmm. Thanks so much for telling me all that about <laughs> onions. <laughs> Hang on. That's going to be. I'll I'll, I'll make that the first one. I'll do one point. I'll do one point about onions and then chop that one in. Hmm. Hmm. Well, thanks so much for telling me all that about onions. That's great. Okay, and then we'll come back. Not another fact about fucking onions. (laughs) (laughs) And I would like to offer everybody out there some onion facts. So here those are. Onions are one of the earliest cultivated crops. Native to Central Asia, onions have been cultivated for more than 5,000 years. However, our ancestors discovered and began eating wild onions long before that. Hmm. Hmm. Well, thanks so much for telling me all that about onions. Whoa, whoa. Hold your horses there, John boy. 
that's just my first fact about onions. I got heaps more to go. Coming in now with fact number two. Hmm. The next thing I want to say about onions is that Libya boasts the highest consumption of onions. Libyans eat an average of 68.8 pounds of onions per person annually. Average world onion consumption is estimated at approximately 14 pounds per capita per year. What do you think of that, John? Wow. Well, I never knew that about onions. Wow. Wow. I know. Let me come at you with another onion fact. There's quite a variety of onions. Perhaps you've already cultivated onions in your garden but have been somewhat disappointed by a less than thrilling harvest of small bulbs. It may not be your soil or growing technique that's at fault. You may have started with the wrong onion. What? Onions? Yeah, yeah, you might have started with the wrong variety, is what I mean. Hmm, you don't say. That's that's right. I do say. Another onion fact that I think is really going to make you happy to hear... Storage life depends on the onion variety. Sweet and mild flavoured, spring and summer onions with lighter, thinner skin and higher water content have a shorter storage life. Fall and winter onions tend to have thicker skins, are darker in colour and contain less water, thus an extended storage life. Is that right? Hmm. Hmm. Well, thanks so much for telling me all that about onions. Almost there, John. Just, Just hold up one more sec. I want to let you know that it's not the onion itself that makes us cry. An onion's pungency results from the level of sulfur-rich volatile oils in the, that the onion contains. During peeling or slicing, the volatile oil is released. The oil is what causes eyes to water and burn when chopping an onion. What do you think about a fact like that, John Maloney? Wow. Have you been asked to say that by some sort of board? No, I'm not. I'm not on the take from Big Onion. I have no affiliation with the Onion Growers Association of any nation. They're a quality vegetable. Well, thanks so much for telling me all that about onions. Yeah, no worries, John. I love to educate both our audience and you about various vegetables, their history, their nutritional value, things like that. Onions are great. They're great hot or cold. Any other dishes that you think are best served cold? Revenge. Mmm, that was a bit obvious, but uh, I'll let you off this time. Hope you enjoyed that part about onions, everybody, and you too, John. They're a quality vegetable. Well, thanks so much for telling me all that about onions. They're a quality vegetable. Some DPTM fans shared this information with me during the week. Shout out to Peter uh, and co. That the Mm. cardboard cutouts on Cross Road of Will Smith and what's his name? I was going to say Sammy Davis Jr. Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee. (laughs) Tommy Lee Jones. I knew it was a three barreler. Um, And uh, John Wayne Gacy. Um, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. The Will Smith cutout is now gone. So there you go. Sad tidings. I think Will had felt a few repercussions from the uh, slap that stopped the world, but this is perhaps a bit of a wake-up call for him that uh, 
you know, starting to have real world consequences. One of his, um, one of his mainstay legacies in the Southern Hemisphere is now, well, if not destroyed, at least under threat. They might, they, it might be a probationary arrangement. I don't know, but uh, we'll see. I should also say, uh, a friend of the show, uh, Alex Green, mm-hmm. who's uh, or formerly, no, what do I, Alex <clears throat> Conry. What's what do we? What, yeah, good one. Mm. Do you say knee? Is that what you say? What's the? Yeah, I think that's right. I've never, I've de- never quite say, known how to say it, but I think it's yeah. Shout out to Alex Conry, who also sent that to me that they'd been removed. Mm. So we'll keep you posted on that. We might try and we might try and get an interview with the owners of the property about why they came to that difficult. Uh, decision. I have a feeling that the, uh, that the article that Alex sent me was one of these like Batuta advocate joke articles, but then it came true. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. It was kind of, um, it was a some sort of satire that I saw, but then somebody sent me a photo of the actual site, which seemed to, it seemed to have actually happened. I don't know whether they were influenced by that article or not. They should have removed... Will and just put Jade replaced him with Jada Pinkett and put Jada Pinkett's arm around Tommy Lee Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Something else that I'm gonna say that I noticed, John, Mm -hmm. is in my use of. This is this may be another this is maybe a little Dutchie's hot tip as well. So any excuse any excuse to get that little sting in. I'm 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 lost. What can I do? I need help. Does anyone have any tips? Please, I need advice. Ah. What am I gonna do? Dutchie's hot tips. Oh, Dutchie, what would we do without you? So this is about just unfollowing people on social media. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not I'm not I'm not pushing the boat all the way out and saying delete all your social media apps. I'm not saying that just yet. Yeah. But I'm saying definitely have a think about the people that you're following that really do not deserve any of your mental attention and they really don't need to take up space in your brain. And the reason that I say this is because I had discovered that I had followed a young British musician, a singer, an up-and-coming singer, some months ago. Yeah. And he's fine. He's fine. He's got a great voice, but he's not that interesting. And he was the type of artist, like a lot of young artists, who was just posting relentlessly. I'm talking like 20 Instagram stories a day yeah. to try and get his career, to try and like get his career pushed. Right, Yeah. And he was appearing so much in my social media feed without me really realizing that I started having dreams that this guy was in. <laughs> so I would I would wake up in the morning and have had a dream about this guy and then and then not really think anything of it. And then I would check my Instagram and I'd see the funny stories from you and my other friends mm. and then him and then him and then him. So essentially because he was posting so relentlessly any time that mm. I opened Instagram, he was there. And uh, one day, what, what kind about of four, what kind of content is it we talking about? Just like oh, ra- comp- random daily updates, the worst. Yeah, so okay. random daily updates, and then this kind of that kind of forced engagement stuff. That's mm. the uh, 
Guys, I'm thinking of having jam or peanut butter on my. Oh, I'm not yeah. shitting you. It would be this kind. It would be like this. It would be like, guys, here's a piece of toast, <laughs> and I've got. I'm at the hotel, and I've got jam or peanut butter. Yeah, here's a pole. Jam or peanut butter on my toast? What do you guys think? Mm, and then God. all the little teen girls would vote. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. He'd, he'd do other things like say, guys, guys. I just wrote this new song and it's coming out soon. Do you think I should release it on the 14th of April? I'm not even giving an alternative. Mm. Just being like, it's obviously coming out on the 14th of April. He's like, guys, should I put this out on the 14th of April? <laughs> no. <laughs> 98% this no. Kind of yeah. This kind of bullshit. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so without me really realizing it, I was thinking about this motherfucker every single day yeah. a little bit yeah and then one day he posted another f- stupid poll and i just thought even though i quite like you and i was rooting for you to be successful and i was a bit excited i thought i'd got on the ground floor with your career i thought i'd discovered a young artist that nobody had heard of mm-hmm. and that he was about to become huge mm-hmm. and i wanted to, to be on the ground floor anyway so i unfollowed him and then <laughs> i did not think about this person like Instantly didn't think about them until I think they got served to me again about six months later in a suggested Instagram story. Yeah. And it just made me it just made me realize how there's so many people that you follow on Instagram who if you click unfollow, they will not occupy a single space in your brain for the rest of your life unless you're presented with them outside of social media, mm. which is crazy to think about. Mm. And I couldn't believe it. I was sitting there going, holy shit. I unf- I was thinking, I was dreaming about this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I've had I click, that. I click unfollow. Yeah. And I never think about him ever again. Yeah. He, I yeah, mean, his, yeah. Music isn't big, his music isn't big enough. Right. That you would that, just come across it in the real like, world. That I come across him anywhere else. Mm. So he was taking up all this bandwidth in my head. Mm. And how many other people is that happening with? Yeah. I've, I've it's had. happening with you. It's happening with you. Yeah. It's too much. If I just click unfollow on you. Yeah, you'll be like, oh, fuck. I remember when I used to do that podcast. <laughs> it's that a podcast. Idiot. Um, and then, yeah, I, I've had that exact experience on Insta where someone will post something funny, for example, because as we've talked about in the show before, a lot of people I follow are comedians or just sort of like um, funny people. And- They'll post something that I that takes my fancy, but then you know, like they'll go on a bit and reveal what I regard as annoying character traits, or I'll yeah. I'll just learn that actually that one thing they posted was uncharacteristically close to my sense of humor, but everything else they post is not really my thing. So then I'll, but you know, like often because I'm sort of relatively passive about kind of slack jawed scrolling through Instagram. It'll take me a few weeks or months before I go, oh, I've had enough of this person. So yeah, I'll be thinking about them or presented with them every day for that period. But then once they're gone, I just couldn't even tell you what their name was or like how I came across them or, or I don't even know if I'd be able to find them again often. Like it's just that. Yeah. You couldn't even remember their name. Yeah. The slate just gets completely wiped clean and it's just like, it does make you think any, any conception that I had that this was 
that I mean, it makes you ask the broader question about like, do I really need how much of this crap do I actually need in my life? Given that uh, the absence of it has made such a limited difference that I don't even remember. Yeah. I don't even remember what I got from that person or who they are. And I, in fact, I just don't even think about that absence. So like how many people could I chop out without really thinking, oh, my life is worse because I don't follow so-and-so on social media. <laughs> Dan Pilzerian. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's he's uh, one of the rare exceptions because he, um, <laughs> he does inspire me. Uh, every time I think, oh, my weed business is getting off track, I just, my... My CBD oils aren't selling that well or like... My vape company. Yeah, my vape company or like I haven't been on a yacht with any Russian models in a while. I just watch a, f- <laughs> watch a few Bilzerian shots. You know, do you know he's had... He's had like four heart attacks, Dan Bilzerian. And I think it's because... No, I didn't know that. Because he has... Um, for, just for anyone who doesn't know, Dan Bilzerian is yeah. a particularly... How would you describe Dan Bilzerian, John? He's a kind. For he's, those who don't, he's a social media personality. Yeah, he's he strikes me as someone who is a kind of Poochie, like Poochie from The Simpsons, is this kind of composite. Who's many of you will remember is a sort of composite character of various tropes that existed, and then you know he becomes this kind of incoherent side character that just personifies all of these supposedly cool tropes. And Dan Bilzerian's a little bit like that in that he doesn't really have any coherence or I'm not really sure what he's about or why he's there or why he's well-known. Yeah. But he kind of does pick up on a few things like, you know, he's really into vaping. He's got uh, vaping and CBD oil and those sort of products. He's really into like... You know, he'd be the kind of he'd be right on to like NFTs and cryptocurrencies. Yeah, he's got like a really flash house. Even though I think a lot of that is just yeah. family money, and you never quite know what the fuck he does for a living. He's very beef, very very muscular. He became very famous on Instagram because he was posting these luxury lifestyle photographs where he'd be on a yacht with mm. women in bikinis and then he'd be smoking cigars, like swimming in a bath of cash mm. with a machine gun. And then he'd be in a mansion uh, with more semi-naked mm. women yeah. and... Uh, he was he's very kind of worked out and he would always claim the story was always that he made his money from um because people would say oh you're so you're like such a baller on yeah. instagram you yeah. just got so much money and you're in private jets how'd you do it and he would always say that he made it through professional poker that's right you always say i'm yeah. a professional poker player yeah but then there's like there's virtually no record of him <laughs> Winning any, he, he, he's the the record. There's like one or two. There's a limited amount of records of him entering poker tournaments where he was knocked out in the first few rounds. Yeah, and then so his claim is always that he was that he did professional poker, but in these like high stakes secret mm. tournaments that off the book. There's no record of yeah, and uh, and then just coincidentally, his father 
was found guilty of some kind of money. His father was like an investment banker or something, like insane money, mm-hmm. but then um, was convicted of some sort of financial crime. Mm. And then the money, the money that they tried to recover had somehow disappeared mm. the dad gets put the dad gets put in prison for like 20 years mm-hmm. and then somehow somehow Dan Bilzerian his son is unex is inexplicably <laughs> extremely wealthy mm, yeah and okay. they're like hmm interesting <laughs> so you disappeared with millions and millions of dollars yeah. that you then have hidden and we can't find yeah and somehow your your son is a millionaire yeah yeah and yeah there's no we can't understand how <laughs> from vaping because uh, he <laughs> from vaping yeah. and secret poker yeah exactly Wow! Yeah, shout out to Dan. He's he's quite an extraordinary uh, personality because he does just seem like somebody who could never have existed before the current era. It's very he's a very odd sort of composite of internet culture. Can I give a musical recommendation for this week? This is usually sure. This is usually something in your wheelhouse, but I wanted to uh, offer my own recommendation to our listeners. Often there's a kind of song of the week or uh, an album of the week, and I do most of my most of my music listening on Spotify. But you know, it, it tends to be stuff that I'm expecting or that's been recommended to me that because it bears a direct relationship to something that I've enjoyed listening to. But the time when I really get exposed to stuff that's genuinely random is, is usually in Ubers. And this week yeah, I was in an Uber, I was listening to some kind of Christian station and uh, oh. um, that was the, that was the Uber driver's choice. And, uh, the the song All Rise by the band British boy band Blue came out. Yeah, yeah, sure. In almost twenty One for the money and no pre bride so but your car for sip but you buy her Is that that one? That's the one. Shump for your buddy a soapy bar. And it and I and I never really yeah, I mean the bit that you just sang is very familiar to me, but I'd never really stopped to appreciate the lyrics. And it's got this bizarre kind of overlay of a courtroom metaphor, which obviously oh. appealed to me as a legal practitioner because there's very few <laughs> boy band sort of love pop songs that have anything to do with law. But it's got this bizarre, um, like I've always enjoyed Britney's use of the word prerogative because that's just such a strange oh, yeah. technical term. And I think actually Shania Twain might also use the word prerogative. I don't know why that found its way into pop song lyrics. But aside from that, legal nomenclature is something that you don't come across very often in the pop world. But I'll just share with you some some lyrics from the song All Rise by Blue. So it begins, uh, the first kind of substantive lyrics are these. You're on a please 
Gotta believe what I say. What will I tell? Happened just the other day. I must confess, because I've had about enough. I need your help. Gotta make this thing here stop. I don't know. I don't know in what scenario he's talking to the judge about this issue. But anyway, then he says, baby, I swear I'll tell the truth about all the things you used to do. And if you thought you had me fooled, I'm telling you now, objection overruled. And then it's oh. then it goes into the chorus, one for the money and the free rides. It's for the lie that you denied. And then, of course, the words all rise are word, oh, yeah. words that you would hear, which I never reflected on, words that you would hear when a judge enters a courtroom. Uh, and then it's going three for the calls you've been making, four for the times you've been faking, blah, blah, blah. And then it says at the end of the chorus, all rise, I'm going to tell it to your face, all rise, I rest my case. And then the next right. the next verse, you're on the stand with your back against the wall, nowhere to run and nobody you can call, blah, blah, blah. I, I just can't wait now. The case is open wide. You'll try to pray, but the jury will decide. It's just so oh. interesting that somebody, it ever occurred to somebody that this was a good idea. For a pop song. To explain a sort of strange breakup of a love affair. And now I guess it's. I guess now they're in court in a sort of maybe in a sort of Depp Heard situation and uh, and and it's that that's inspiring these lyrics. But uh, shout out to Blue and to the song All Rise. Um, it's, it's something I can enjoy both as a music enthusiast and as a legal enthusiast. So I appreciate that. It's, um, I like that you've mentioned uh, My Prerogative by Britney Spears mm. because... Britney Spears is not the original artist that performed that song. Oh. The original artist that performed My Prerogative is friend of the show, Bobby Brown. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. But there you go. Huh. Back again, friend of the show, Bobby Brown. <laughs> He's, uh, he seems to come up in a lot of contexts. He's been around a bit. <laughs> yeah. Prerogative. Let me just see. Shania Twain prerogative. Have I got that right? Yeah. The the that's right. The the song. Uh, Man, I feel like a woman. Yeah. It's is the prerogative to have a little fun and ooh oh oh. It's like fever. How does that happen? Action. I mean, nobody's using the word prerogative in casual conversation, really. No, I don't use prerogative. <laughs> I guess prerogative, four syllables. I guess it yeah. fits quite well into some pop songs when you're looking for a four-syllable solution. Before we finish the show, I just want to give a little bit of a shout out to Alternative London Street Art Tour founder and now friend of the show, mm. Gary. Yeah. Who some will remember a couple of weeks ago, me and John told a funny anecdote that we've both loved uh, and shared together for about a decade now. Mm-hmm. Go back and check that out if you've if you've uh, if you didn't hear it from a couple of episodes back. I sent the episode to Gary. And he listened, he loved it, he got back in touch, and he said, mate, I lolled, mm. 
uh, which was nice because I was a bit concerned that it was going to be so weird <laughs> that he just blocked you. That he blocked me. Yeah. And then he said he said that his ten kilometer PB is thirty six minutes fifty four, which is really fast. That is fast. And you you are up. So just again, you're, you're mine, down to about fifty. My, is that right? Mine's fifty. Mine's fifty. Yeah. So uh, so ten. So t- to have. I mean, look, I'm not claiming that I'm really far. I'm okay, mm. but thirty six minutes fifty four mm. for a ten k. Ten k. Like to be. F- to be 15 minutes faster than me over such a short distance, mm-hmm. he would blaze past me. And just uh, to let you know as well, the world record for a 10K, which would be on a uh, like on a circular track, is 26 minutes something, I think, wow. the world record. So he's only, yeah, 26, he's only 10 minutes off the world record 10 setting minutes pace. Off the, rec- off the world record pace. And Fucking hell. My, my, uncle, uh, my uncle Tim... My fellow run relative, mm-hmm. one of my many fellow run relatives, uh, Tim sent me an article a couple of days ago mm-hmm. saying that this week the 100K record was broken by a Lithuanian man, which was, this is getting very esoteric. This, I, was la- I was thinking about mentioning this on the show and just <laughs> laughing to myself about how for people that don't run, mm. none of this makes any sense or is like <laughs> relatable because like, you just have no sense of the times. Yeah. Like if I say it took this person this long to do this distance, if you don't run, yeah. then you just don't understand. Like you just don't have any uh, sort of baseline. But just to let you know, this is extremely fast as well. Yeah. Alexander Sorokin. Breaks 100 kilometer world record. Sorokin ran six out. He ran 100 k's in six hours and five minutes, averaging an insane pace of three minutes 39 per kilometer. Mm. That is insane. Mm. That's so 100 k 100 k's in six a little bit over six hours. Wow! 100 so shout out to friend of the show, Lithu- Lithuania's Alexander Sorokin. So he's hang on 100 k's is. Is the total distance that he ran? Yeah, yeah. In six hours. In six hours. So a marathon is forty-two k's. Yeah. So he's run over a double marathon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In less than six hours. <sighs> Fucking hell. He's run significantly over a double marathon in six hours. Wow. Yeah, I saw. I saw a. So um, we'll, get, we'll get him on the show. Yeah, we must. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to episode number 57 of Don't Praise the Machine. It's been so much fun having you. We can't wait to see you next week for number 58. As always, I'm digitally sat next to my number one prince of podcasting. He's got to be the one called Tabalaba. <laughs> Tabalaba, over to you. <laughs> Tabalaba, what are you going to say? Tabalaba, you there. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this week's episode of Don't Praise the Machine. We'll see you next time on episode number 58. It's going to be lots of love and not a lot of hate. Thanks again, everybody, and we'll see you next week at the podcast.